Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 17, Melinda. Yeah! So, Mariah, how was your week? It was good. Work was pretty boring. Um, but I've had some fun developments in my personal life Ooh. that I don't want to divulge. <laughs> both because it's personal and because I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. <laughs> but... Let's say, even though I said I would never date men again, I went back on that, but (laughs) I watched this episode with a guy I'm kind of seeing, and it was really fun. Yeah. Good things. Good things. Good things. (laughs) (laughs) So how was your week, Caroline? Mine's been okay. Um, It's been pretty cold here. It's our our third annual unprecedented winter storm, so that's always (laughs) nice. Um, But... I'm going to a Taylor Swift sing-along tonight, and so I'm very excited about that. <laughs> Woo! Yeah! So do you want to get into it? Yeah. This was such a good episode. I loved it. <laughs> it was. It really, really was. It was a. It was quite the episode for this, this boy who's never seen Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. to jump in on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so this episode was written by D.J. J- Doyle! <laughs> and directed by Gary A. Brown. <laughs> I love DJ Doyle. <laughs> He's the best. He's my favorite DJ. He's my DJ. favorite DJ. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, Melinda's Art of Evolution poster by Jenny Friesen or Friesen? Um, mirrored the focus of the episode by prominently featuring an image of May, highlighting her backstory and why she is called the Cavalry. I I feel like this particular poster looks a lot different to, like, the ones that we've seen before. Yeah. I really like the differences in art styles, and I like that they chose different artists yeah. and just, like, let them go crazy with it. For sure. Yeah. All right. So... In this episode, we meet a few new people. There's Agent Hart. We're like, Agent Hot, am I right? <laughs> I've seen him in a lot of things, and I, uh, he's great. I love him. <laughs> Shout out to that actor. Yeah, whoever he is. <laughs> we meet Eva Belyakov. She is mother. Um... Faisal Ahmed. I included him in this because, like, they specifically mentioned him by name, but yeah, I didn't. They gave him a name. I didn't feel like he was important enough to have a name, so I'm assuming he's like gonna come back at some point. I don't know. Genuinely, I do not remember. <laughs> well, that's the fun thing about rewatching with me is that I have such a bad memory. I <laughs> cannot spoil anything for you because I'm yeah, like I. It's great. I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, on if we if we ever see this man again, I called it. If we okay. don't, if we don't, then oh well. I, I'm glad he got a name. I guess. <laughs> good for him. That actor got paid. Yeah, hell yeah, good for him. <laughs> union. He's a union actor. Yeah, yeah. 
So then we also meet Katya Belyakov. I don't know why, but the first thing that I thought of for this is the most obscure reference that nobody's going to get <laughs> but me. But it's, I can feel your pain and I can be your anchor, which is literally just lyrics from a cover by Paradise Fears of Both of Us by B.O.B. featuring Taylor Swift. So that counts as the Taylor Swift reference today. I remember that cover. Oh okay, my I'm god, glad. Paradise Fears. <laughs> They're my faves. If anybody wants to check them out, I very much recommend them. They're my They're tattoo. They're the reason that we met. Literally. <laughs> I think we've talked about them before, because I'm pretty sure I brought up my old Tumblr. Yeah, fuck yeah, Paradise Fears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go check that out. Fuckyeahparadisefears.tumblr.com yeah, <laughs> oh <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, so we're just going to, like, move on now. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Let's get started. Um, so we open on a flashback to seven years ago where May and Andrew are just, like, being a married couple going through their morning routine. It's so cute. <laughs> Colson arrives early to pick up May for work. And I just... It was such a short little, like, scene there, but... I can't get over how incredibly talented Ming No Wen is because that was a completely different character. It was amazing. Yeah. And also Andrew's little comment about having the best security system in the world. I love it. <laughs> so cute. Ming Na Wen explained the differences in portraying the younger pre-incident May in flashbacks, saying we got to part her hair in the middle with a little bit of fluff. <laughs> we were trying to find a subtle way to distinguish her from the May that has been established besides her personality, which was still very much May, in that she's not this outgoing, boisterous clown and then turned into this diehard killing machine. Yeah. She always had a scary side to her, but at the same time, there was a lightness and a lot of love, and she was able to show her sexiness with Andrew and her playfulness with Coulson in her earlier part of her life before this event happened. It brought a little bit of Ming into May. Aww. <laughs> That's so cute. I love the subtle difference of, of the hair, because yeah. I did notice that. I didn't clock that, but it was like, just her whole face looked so different. Yeah, she looked lighter. Yeah. She looked like someone without trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. It was it was amazing. All, like... All of the differences were so subtle, but it made such a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> okay, so Colson clues May in to Fury's brand new hero initiative um, and asks for her help on it. Then Agent Hart introduces the rest of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents on this plane to their next mission to gain an Index member's loyalty before Russia gets to her. Dun-dun-dun, in Bahrain. In the first flashback, which takes place around 2008, Agent May mentions that S.H.I.E.L.D. is putting every dime into the construction of the Triskelion, as seen in Captain America the Winter Soldier. However, at the beginning of Ant-Man, the Triskelion was already under construction, and that sequence took place in 1989. So she was probably referring to the addition of the underground hangars and the three helicarriers for Project Insight, also seen in The Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> sure. 
We'll get to those. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that that's more of a fun fact for uh, the people who get it rather yeah. than you. <laughs> if you know, you know, and I do not. <laughs> so back to the future. Weaver and Morris are asking current May more and more about Coulson, and they admit to tracking Fitz ever since he left, just in case he meets up with Coulson as well. Clearly, May has made them believe that she has taken their offer and is on their side. And I still don't think that she did. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, May swears that Coulson hasn't shared any details of his secret missions with her. And why they think May would ever break, even if she did know, is beyond me. (laughs) (laughs) truly idiots (laughs) but may gets them to allow her to take back control of her base and quote talk colson back good for may yeah hell yeah at the afterlife sky and jaying walk through the mountains talking about sky's life and her new powers jaying says that she believes sky might be able to sense the vibration and frequency and everything around her and cause only the things that she wants to shake instead of everything um and i think didn't somebody point that out in a previous episode yeah i think so like um was it lincoln gordon said that he can that that gordon said that everything is vibrating and she can tap into that Oh, okay. I thought that we had talked about it. But I think before. this was more of like an expansion of that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So Sky tries it out and she finds that she's able to do just that as she literally moves a mountain, causing an avalanche from the shake without hurting anyone. As long as no one was like on that mountain. But I guess we can assume that that's the case. <laughs> I remembered this scene so clearly, and it was such a thrill to watch it again. Yeah. Watching Sky come into her own with her powers is my favorite thing about this afterlife storyline. <laughs> it was good. So back in Bahrain seven years ago, um, Colson, May, and Hart all meet with a man named Faisal Ahmed, uh, who leads them to a restaurant where Eva Belyakov is just, like, chillin'. The agents all spread out around the restaurant while Coulson goes to talk to Belyakov about her gifts. But Belyakov is not interested in talking. Several government soldiers, I assume, arrive. I think they were like a crime ring. Oh, yeah, they talked about they that They were later. like a civilian crime ring. Yeah. So, not soldiers. Um, <laughs> they come and they take some of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents hostage along with a little girl. And May is extra distressed about this little girl. But Belyakov and the men take the hostages into a building at gunpoint and then close the door. I don't think I ever really, like, get into it, but I did. It's so heartbreaking that May was, like, trying to have a baby with Andrew and then, like, all of this happened. And that... Yeah. It's so heartbreaking. So, uh, at the afterlife, Sky finishes her morning training with Jaying and meets with Lincoln, who stresses that Jaying is one of the like main leaders here, and she never trains anyone. So this is a huge honor for Sky. Also, Lincoln brings Sky some food because he knew that she would be training, which is like the ultimate flirt move, and I love it. <laughs> He was just thinking about her. (laughs) Yeah, it's sweet. So May is going through the file that Weaver gave her about Theta Protocol as Morris watches her. 
Moore's guess is that May didn't just not know the details, but that May hadn't ever even heard of Theta Protocol until Weaver asked. Morse continues, explaining that this is why she chose the side that she did, because some plans are too big to be secret. And May says, you're worried that I don't understand your choice, but that's the price of doing the right thing. No one will understand, and it hurts like hell. Preach! Fucking tell her. And that's, like, also extra heartbreaking once you, like, know what she's talking about, because she did the right thing, but she can't forgive herself for that. And it still hurts. So Colson, May, and Hart try to call one of their men who were taken hostage, but the kidnappers just keep saying, leave us alone. So Hart sends in his men while... Oh, wait. It wasn't the kidnappers, was it? It was the hostages no, that he was talking to. Yeah, it was the it was the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And I that's was why a, it was so confusing and distressing. Yeah, I was so under the impression that it that like their phones had been stolen or something. Wow. Anyway, so Hart sends in his men while Coulson and May wait outside. Gordon is doing something to Raina's thorns. I have no idea what he was doing. <laughs> and Raina is growing more and more frustrated. She doesn't want to be here. She doesn't want to embrace her gifts. She doesn't really even want their help at all unless they can remove the damn thorns. Lincoln arrives while they're talking, and he tries to interject about how Raina's feelings are valid, but clearly Gordon does not like this guy. (laughs) Raina begs to be let free so she doesn't have to be caged anymore, and Gordon says they can discuss it later and just leaves. So Raina tells Lincoln of the nightmares that she keeps having where she's hunted and constantly wrapped in thorns. And then one where she sees Cal and Skye being happy and carefree. And I didn't write it down, but she describes this whole scene of them having dinner with champagne and a bouquet of daisies and Skye is happy. And Raina hates that Skye got everything that Raina wanted. So Coulson and May watch on the surveillance as the 12 agents go into the building and are immediately taken out by apparently friendly fire. Coulson says that they need to call it in, but May is realizing that they're alone on this. Sky and Jiaying are back at training in the afternoon. This time, Sky has to find and hold the frequency of a note that Jiaying plays on glasses of water. She does really well, even playing like a full chord across multiple glasses, which was really fucking cool. <laughs> Until all of the glasses explode. That was a really cool effect. It was. That was it was a great scene. Jiaying praises her, and Sky is proud of herself, but also a little sad. So when Jiaying asks what's wrong, Sky explains the way that she grew up. How she never stayed anywhere for more than two years, and she was never really allowed to call anywhere home. And how S.H.I.E.L.D. was the closest she ever came to a family... And they keep saying that the afterlife is a safe place, but Skye can still tell that Jiaying is keeping something from her. She doesn't even know her real birthday. Jiaying gets gradually more emotional during this conversation until finally she just says, July 2nd. Skye's birthday is revealed to be July 2nd, 1988. At this, Sky realizes that she's 26, setting this episode in late 2014 or early 2015. Likely early 2015, given the air date. Yeah. And Chloe Bennett, 
was four days shy of 23 when the episode premiered. Interesting. So she's 22 playing a 26-year-old. Yeah, that's like the opposite of what usually happens. I know. Wow. Wow. Wild. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) (laughs) So Jai Ying finally reveals that she is Sky's mother. As... (laughs) Her mother! I am your mother! (laughs) I'm keeping that in. Okay. (laughs) I don't even know how... Okay. (laughs) Jiaying finally reveals that she's Sky's mother as she tells Sky about the day that she was born. Including that Cal didn't speak any Chinese? At all? He lived there. He was married to a Chinese woman. What? (laughs) How very like an American man. Yeah. What the hell? And he was probably so frustrated that the person that they borrowed the car from didn't speak any English. I bet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sky says that she and the other orphans at St. Agnes used to pray that they had parents out there looking for them. Ugh. And her, when she, like, she was like, you were... It killed me. It killed me. It's Ugh. such good acting from, from Chloe. Yeah. Jiaying explains that once Cal pieced her back together, they spent years scouring the earth for for Sky. And I noticed when she said, "We were ruthless and hunting for you." That's where the "wherever Sky goes, death follows" thing came from. That yeah. um, what was that? What was that agent's name? Richard something? Um, Lumley. Lumley. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Sky's parents really were monsters. Yeah, definitely. And Jiaying says that at a certain point, she realized that she didn't like who she'd become. She didn't even know who she was anymore. Um, And she realized that she needed to just accept that she would never be able to find her baby. So she decided to help others who needed her instead. But Cal never stopped, and he became an entirely different person in his vendetta. Jiaying says that they can't let anyone else know that they're related because the elders or whoever have very strict rules. Puritanical, apparently. <laughs> I think it's interesting that Jiaying says that, like, so they, they both, like, became a totally different version of themselves in their search for, for their daughter, but Jiaying noticed the change and didn't want to be that anymore. Um, yeah. I thought that that was an interesting difference between her and Cal. I wonder if they're like divorced now or separated. I mean, I feel like they have to be. <laughs> yeah. But I do think because that is something that I can see both sides of an argument for, for each of them. Um, because you could say like, well, at least Cal never stopped looking. He never gave up, you know, but at the same time he lost, he lost who he was. So even though he found her, she doesn't want a relationship with him. Yeah. Back to present day May. She returns to the shield base and speaks with Simmons about what Simmons has been working on and how it's secretly part of Deathlock's upgrades. 
Simmons didn't know anything about this or about the Theta Protocol either. So they need to talk and figure out who's telling the truth and what's going on. I didn't remember anything about this plot line. And um, <laughs> I'm not taking back everything I said about, quote, the real shield. <laughs> but uh, it's not looking good for Coulson. Yeah! <laughs> I can, yeah, I guess I can kind of see where they're coming from now. Um, Yikes. They could have talked to somebody, though. Jesus. I know. They could have been like, hey, May, you're pretty reasonable. (laughs) What do you know about this? (laughs) Anyway, so uh, back in the flashback, Coulson is on the phone with HQ begging for backup or to let him send May in. But he just be he just keeps being told to wait. He and May decide for her to go in alone anyway. Coulson distracts the Bahrainian military that show up while May climbs her way into the building, but not before calling her husband to let him know what's going on. Like also very uh indicative of the change in her that she called to like let him know, you know? Yeah. Because she didn't know if she was going to get out of that alive. Right. And, like, clearly, she she used to do that all the time. Like, any time that she did anything dangerous, it, I I would assume from their conversation that, that she would call him just in case beforehand. Um, anyway, so Andrew gives her advice on how to comfort the child that she's saving and makes her promise to come home just like she always has. So May goes in and takes down two of the Bahrainian guards. Is it Bahrainian or is it Bahraini? I think it's Bahraini. Okay. Um, so May goes in and takes down two Bahraini guards silently. She finds Agent Hart and the other S.H.I.E.L.D. hostages, but they're acting super weird. They just keep saying, I need your pain and pointing weapons at her. May realizes that Belyakov must be controlling them, so she locks them all in the room and goes to find Belyakov first. That was so unsettling. <laughs> right? Ugh. I hated it. Um, back to present day, May and Simmons are finding out just how much Coulson was keeping from them. Trips and cover trips and countless shell companies spending boatloads of money again where is this money coming from (laughs) the shell companies i assume but i don't know how shell companies work i thought that shell companies were like to like hide money that you already have i don't know i don't know again i I don't know how shell companies work But, okay, yeah, we'll just say the money's coming from the shell companies. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. So all of that, and even worse, secretly meeting with May's ex. Oh, wow. Coulson, that's too far. So Max shows up as Simmons is asking why Coulson would need 20 bunk beds. And he says that the running theory is that Coulson is setting up a new base full of powered people. May finally tells Simmons to open the toolbox for her. It's too late for that. Yep. So Gordon goes to visit Reyna again and tells her that it's not safe for her to go in public, but he offers to take her 
anywhere else she wants to go, any remote place, show her every beautiful thing that she wants to see. He offers to be her guide until her powers reveal themselves. Reyna is skeptical at first and then agrees, quote, as long as I have you to show it to me. Ooh, that <laughs> sounded like old, flirty, manipulative Reyna to me, and I loved it. <laughs> so, like I said, I was watching this episode with a boy, and I had to keep pausing to explain what was going on to him, because this was quite an episode <laughs> to start on. And at this part, I was like, okay... So, this woman was a bad guy, and her whole thing was that she was hot and could manipulate people, and I'm obsessed with her. (laughs) It's a perfect explanation. (laughs) Um, So, Jayane continues showing Skye around and talking. She informs Skye that she came up with the rules for who gets chosen around here. I think that's what she was saying. And that she also protected Skye from the other elders and their typical response to someone who breaks the rules. She tells Skye a story of the last person who, quote, skipped the line to the mist. Her name was Eva Belyakov. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Wow. Eva (sighs) stole some of the Terrigen crystals and ran away and then got caught up in a crime ring in Bahrain. Ending up in May's story. But the crystals weren't even for Eva, and she wasn't the one controlling everybody. Her daughter, Katya, was. Katya leached off the emotions of others, and she loved collecting people's pain. So when May finally killed Eva, Katya revealed herself as the true threat. May had no choice but to shoot this little girl that she went in there to protect. Unfathomable. Colson ran in with backup at the sound of the gunshot and found May sitting on the floor among the bodies, holding Katya's body in her lap. I'm literally getting chills right now just thinking about it. Isn't it worse than what you ever could have imagined happened in Bahrain? Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know what I was imagining, but it was not this. Wow. Um, so... Jiaying says that Katya needed to be stopped, but it was her responsibility, not S.H.I.E.L.D. Which, that was weird, because, like, then why didn't she stop Katya herself? That yeah. seemed like, like a bad example of Jiaying's responsibilities here. <laughs> but I, I liked the quote, Our people know all too well what a mother will do for her daughter. Yeah. Definitely. I guess it was less an example of Jaying being responsible for everyone and more an example of a time in which she failed. Yeah. Well, and like how, I don't know. Never mind. I don't have the words. <laughs> it's more of an example of like why she can't tell anyone that Sky and her are related. Honestly, I didn't feel like that was connected uh, in my brain, but I was thinking, I was thinking about just with that quote, what a mother will do for a daughter. I'm assuming that that is, it makes Jaying think about who she became looking for Sky. Yeah. And like what she's doing for Sky now, because she protected Sky from the punishment that she would have had for skipping the line. And, you know, she's training Sky herself you know, if people found out, it would look really bad for her. Yeah. 
I get, I get why she has to keep it a secret. I just didn't feel like that story was <laughs> an example of that. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, so Coulson half carries May out of the building in Bahrain as the hostage agents remark that they couldn't remember anything, but that the cavalry must have showed up after all, considering all the Bahraini men who were taken down. May whispers to Coulson that she tried to save the girl, but she couldn't. Coulson tells her that she saved dozens of lives, so she needs to, quote, let the girl go. So May breaks down crying as Coulson holds her. Afterwards, we see a montage of a new May, who looks more like the May that we've come to know. Numb and lifeless eyes. Andrew tries to comfort her, but May can't handle even being touched. Then he finds a letter from S.H.I.E.L.D. that May's transfer request was accepted, and we see May working in a cubicle, stapling together memos in safety. Ming-Na Wen was not told of her character's backstory in the series until she read the script for this episode. Wow. Executive producer Jeffrey Bell talked about exploring May's backstory in the episode after it being teased since the start of the series, saying... Mm. She's a very different May in this episode. This is the May before this incident happened, and so there are qualities that Ming brings to the role. Seeing her married back in the day, we've already met Andrew, but to sort of see what May was like back at that time is a different color. Mm-hmm. And on balancing this backstory with the series' present-day story and integrating the two, Bell said, We have a backstory, but the backstory needs to be compelling enough so that you don't mind it being a backstory so that when you come back to the present story, you're equally interested. Anytime you're telling two or three stories, you're always worried about one being more interesting than the other, and I think this episode does a very nice job in that you're happy to be in any of them. Yeah, definitely. They did a good job with that. And I really liked how they connected the two. Mm-hmm. That, like, what happened in Bahrain was connected to the afterlife storyline. Yeah. Definitely. And Jiaying and Sky's relationship. Mm-hmm. Can you hear Chip crying right now? Yeah. It's fine. A train hey, passed and stop. a truck passed, so I <laughs> probably have more background noise than you on this track. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, Jiaying asks for Sky to do one more thing for her. She, she says that she owes Cal for never giving up on his promise. And just a quick PSA that I was thinking about during this episode. (laughs) Just because someone is your family doesn't mean that they deserve shit from you. Um, If they went on perhaps a murderous rampage to keep a promise, they still went on a murderous rampage. And you can definitely judge them for those actions. (laughs) Yes. And I also think it's interesting that she was like, I owe Cal for never giving up on trying to find you. So I need you... To meet with him, even though you're very uncomfortable with that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Mothers and daughters, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Love that. Love that relationship. Yeah. So, Jiaying promises, however, that if Skye just has this one dinner with her father, then Jiaying will get rid of him for her. So Skye happily agrees. And immediately, immediately when she said dinner, I knew Raina can see the future. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> You're so good. It's almost like they <laughs> did it as a clue so that you would realize it. 
Woohoo! And then just in case you didn't, they told you. <laughs> yeah, I did like I did like that they had the the like actual quote in the background of that mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. You know, just in case you didn't get it. <laughs> they were like, this is pretty over the head, but just in case. <laughs> We know you all have terrible memories, <laughs> and you can't remember <laughs> earlier in this episode, but. <laughs> um, so Lincoln shows up in the doorway and sees Skye happily having dinner with Cal with a bouquet of daisies and a bottle of champagne. Champagne? Champagne. And a bottle of champagne. <laughs> Just like Raina said that she had dreamed about, and he knew that it wasn't a dream. So this episode reveals that Raina has precognitive, clairvoyant dreams. This is fitting since she spent most of season one hoping to meet the clairvoyant so she could find out what she would become after Terragenesis. Oh my god! I forgot! (laughs) (laughs) They were right to remind us because I never would have put that together. Wow. She was. She was obsessed with the clairvoyant. She was. Wow. Wow. So now it's time for the post-content content. In a Chipotle bathroom, Fitz hides from his other shield guards as he finally opens the toolbox. He calls Tol- Tolson. <clears throat> he calls Colson's tablet from it and scares the bejesus out of Hunter. <laughs> Colson comes over and asks how he got into the toolbox. Fitz says, "Don't worry, it's safe. I stole it first. <laughs> <laughs> I missed Fitz. <laughs> I feel like we haven't gotten any good Fitz lines in so long." <laughs> So Coulson asks if they can meet up. Fitz says that he's still being followed and they're hoping that he'll bring them straight to Coulson. But can I still come hang out with you? (laughs) So cute. (laughs) He asks for ideas of how to shake his guards and Hunter says, are you in a bathroom with an electric hand dryer? You'll be okay. What the fuck? (laughs) What does that mean? I don't remember if we find out in the next episode, but I thought it was a funny line regardless. I will be very frustrated if they don't show Fitz using the electric hand dryer to get out of this bathroom. (laughs) So, Coulson is technically not in this episode until this very last scene. The rest of his appearances are only in flashbacks. Mm. They were like, well, we gotta have him in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta have present day Coulson at some yeah. point. He's gotta be here. <laughs> Woo. Okay. What an episode. It Overall so thoughts. What do you I think? I loved it. I loved this episode. I loved every part of it. Everything was so. This was a very, like, chock full episode. There was a lot of things going on. Everything was connected in some way, and I loved it. I loved it. What about you? Um, so, one last fun fact, Ming-Na Wen was named TV Line's Performer of the Week for the week of April 12, 2015. Hell yeah, she was! In this episode, specifically her portrayal of May in the flashback sequences. Of course she was! 
Good for oh, her. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. She did great. <laughs> and also, so I do feel like Reyna was a big missed opportunity in terms of her powers, but I'll get into my reasons for that in depth later on. I just wanted to mention it here so okay. that I don't forget to mention it later. <laughs> okay. Are you still going to forget to mention it later? I might. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you waiting for something specific to happen to talk yes. about it? Okay. Yeah. Then I'm sure that'll remind you. Yeah. And if it doesn't, everybody yell at Mariah online. Nicely. <laughs> nicely. Yell at me nicely in lowercase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All lowercase letters. <laughs> Give Ming so, an Emmy! Yes, Sorry. for real. So that concludes our episode on Season 2, Episode 17, Melinda. Woo! Next week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 18, Frenemy of My Enemy, so stay tuned for that. I love that episode title. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, love you. Bye.